Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. When you realize and really grab onto the truth that your spouse was made in God's image, it is easier to love them in a Christ-like manner. Our friend Dr. Larry Crabb will address that today. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley, who are in charge of Focus on the Family's Marriage Department and do such great work here at the ministry. Greg, how does knowing God help us to better love our spouse? Well, just go to 1 Corinthians 13. So the more I know God, the more I understand His Word. I'm studying His Word. And you just think about what He's saying. Love is, love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't jealous. It's not boastful or proud or rude. You know, it doesn't demand its own way, so it's not self-serving. And so within that verse, it's just giving us these little targets that I want to pursue. So if I want to be like God, I want to know him and understand that love is. So what does patience then look like in my life? Um, how, how am I not showing up rude? Hmm. You know, how am I battling just that natural instinct to, to be self-serving? And so it's just what, what an incredible verse. And some of you are very familiar with that. Others may not. I tell you, you talk about a formula for a great marriage, just take 1 Corinthians 13 and just list out those words and pursue being that. Yeah, and I think you'd agree with me, Greg. We can't do that humanly uh, like God wants us to, so we have to lean into Him and ask Him to help us. That's the benefit Definitely. for me is seeking after God, realizing He's the source I can't do it on my own. In my own flesh, I just, I sin, I make bad mistakes. I know. I'm selfish. I see it every day. I can't love my wife like he's called me to. And so I, I turn to him and he, he fuels me. Well, let's go ahead and hear now from Dr. Larry Crabb. I mentioned him earlier. He's an author and Bible teacher. He is extraordinarily gifted in communicating God's truth. And here he is now with Jim Daly talking about marriage. I think the very nature of the relationship between us and God, um, he's not looking for the robot. He's not looking mm -hmm. for the person to uh, just blindly move forward. Um, he wants that feeling. He wants that emotion in us. He wants us to love him so much that we'll choose to do the right thing, not to do it out of fear that somehow we're going to get this colossal whop of the head mm. or judgment. He wants us to act accordingly because we love him. And he's done that for us out of his love for us. Absolutely. And that's perfectly illustrated in Exodus 2 and 23 and 24, where God heard the Israelites groaning in their slavery and they were making a mess of it and they were hurting really badly. And what did he do? Well, the Bible says four things that he did. And this is a perfect illustration of manhood. Number one, he heard their groaning. Do I, as a man, hear somebody else's groaning? I don't really want to because I don't know what to do with it. So I just try to pray for you quickly and not talk to you anymore, as opposed to really hearing. Number two, he remembered. The word there is a car again. It means to, to remember what's important, to remember the story God is telling. He knew his character and he knew he was going to move. And then he looked deeply into it. He explored the situation. He saw what was really happening. And then the last thing we're told in Exodus 2 is he moved to act. He remembered and he moved. Do I know how to relate to my wife? This applies to single men and women as well. Do I know how to relate to anybody as a man? And do I hear where they are? Do I want to hear? Am I curious? Do I remember what this God is telling a story that I can further? Do I hear the depths of their struggle? 
And do I realize that I can act in a way that reveals the character of God and be an incredible blessing in their life? That's masculinity. Larry, again, this has been so good, and hopefully you can apply it in your life where you're at today. And that's the goal. How do we reflect on our relationship with Christ, where we're at with God, where we're at with our fellow human being? To make it more practical, though, uh, let me push you a bit in terms of your own fear, your own failure. Talk about that. Um, How did you see this, not just as a theologian and academic, um, how did it work out in your own life, in your relationship with your wife and your kids? And where did it show up? Where did your fear show up? Now, let me rephrase your question. You said, how has it worked out? How about how is it working out? Okay, that's fair. <laughs> in my whole life. Um, oh, my. I can be very, very impatient. Um, now, this will sound unkind. I don't want to. This is not unkind. I don't mean it unkindly at all. My wife enjoys reporting events in detail. <laughs> okay. My wife does too. How about Dina? Uh, I would say the same thing, yes. <laughs> and I want her to cut to the chase, make the point, and get on. Yes. And it's very easy for me when she's telling me a story with detail that I'm really not terribly interested in. It's very easy for me to very kindly show my impatience um, by saying, honey, I appreciate that. Now tell me your point. And when I do that, she feels invisible to me. Mm-hmm. When I, but r- rather than that, can I begin to understand that there is a beauty in my wife's soul that I can enter and I can be a lot more of what she wants me to be by rather than hurrying her up, by exploring what's really happening in her at that point. Honey, tell me what you mean by that. Tell me why this detail is important to you. Tell me what you're really saying here. When I can learn to do that, then that makes a, a big difference to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I don't do that, and when I actually express my impatience, then I have reason to repent. Then I have reason to understand that I failed in my masculinity yet again. But until I understand relational sin, until I understand those little things that sound so much less significant than adultery and murder and all the other kind of terrible things that I don't do, until I recognize that kind of relational sin, then I don't think I'm really growing as a man. I remember reading a, a Larry Crabb book before we got married. It was kind of a, a foundational book for us as a couple. And um, what a gift to be able to sit with that man and hear him speak and know that he is absolutely honest, brutally so, about his own shortcomings and his own leanings and inclinations. But he's also steadfastly, faithfully following after God yeah. in all the things of life. He's truly one of a kind. Yeah, he really. is. He is. And. Um, Aaron, I wonder if you wanted to, you know, illuminate a little bit more what Dr. Crabb was addressing there and, and speak from a woman's perspective as to why you want your husband to hear you and listen to you. <laughs> it's kind of important. Yes. And it, I mean, I do it so perfectly that this yeah. should be really easy for Aaron. But so often, as we know, couples get stuck in this because, you know, we have, we have very different tendencies. And it's stereotypical, like we've talked about before, the 80-20 rule. But often Greg wants to come in and fix the problem, make it go away. He's uncomfortable with the emotion, the intensity, whatever. And I just want him True. to listen and just care for me and, and be curious about me and connect with me, comfort me. All those amazing words, hmm. the tenderness that I want him to know me inside and in my heart and to, to care for me. And as he knows me, to also accept me. There's something deep in the human heart of being fully known, 
and fully accepted. Even though I'm an imperfect yeah. person, there's something so valuable about that. And so it's being very clear when I come to Greg that I, I don't need you to fix things. And that is super helpful. When she, seriously, <laughs> yeah. when she gives me, I'm yeah. not being sarcastic. Yeah. She gives me like, okay, this is what this I'm This is the context wanting. here for what I'm about to yeah. share, yes. And I just want you to listen and care. Hmm. And help. he loves it, though, when I come and I say, I have a problem. Can you figure this out? <laughs> like one time I called him and I was lost. My GPS took me into the middle. We were in Oklahoma. I was with the kids. And I'm like, I don't know where I am. Lost I don't in Oklahoma. Know. That sounds like a country song. <laughs> I know. I don't know how to get back. I didn't need own. him in that moment to go, yeah. oh, how do you feel about Yeah, that? I'm so sorry. Let's yeah. unpack the emotion. Yeah, how, how you want to fix that problem. Yeah. yeah. What other times have you felt lost in your life? <laughs> So there's there's times for that I really need his his help in that help fixing things, but just as a woman, I hear it all day long in my office. So many women just long for their husbands to just connect with them, to know their hearts, to value their feelings, their emotions, and just to care. Yeah. And that's the opportunity that we have. However, most men don't understand that that's what she's really wanting. You know, I think about in the Bible, in the, in the Old Testament, in the book of Hosea, such an interesting um, book in the Bible, because what you're finding is God operating literally in the role of husband, trying to win back his wife, his bride, the, the nation the of Israel. Israelites. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that, that he says instantly that as he's trying to win her back, he goes, now I'm going to allure her. So he's saying, I'm going to do something to get her attention. And what, what he says is so fascinating. So again, God saying, I'm going to get my wife's attention by speaking tenderly to her. Hmm. And so even, you know, even in the course of listening where Aaron is saying, you know, with my eyes and just really trying to hear and being curious and not trying to fix things, e even how we show up in our tone, um, how does it then convey a tenderness? Because there's, there's something about when, when, when I treat Aaron in a tender way, one that, that keeps her heart open for the most part, I think, to me. So she's more likely to feel safe. So she's open. She's sharing. She continues to talk. So, again, showing up and in, in being committed to being the listener is great. But, but do what God did, which is really make tenderness such a key part of mm -hmm. when we're interacting with our wife. Yeah. That, that, that we're really pursuing that idea of, of being tender with her. That's good insight, and I so appreciate Dr. Krabs' uh, thoughts and perspectives on the marriage relationship. We want to help you build a, a healthier marriage, and so get in touch with us and let us know how we can be of service to you. We have counselors. We have resources. Uh, certainly, we'd point out Dr. Larry Krabs' book, Fully Alive, which uh, we'd be happy to send to you. Uh, all we'd ask is that you make a donation of any amount to Focus on the Family today to enable us to continue uh, making podcasts and videos and having events to help marriages. And then be sure to take our free marriage assessment. It's available on our website just a few minutes long. It'll give you some uh, very helpful uh, responses about things going well and uh, things that you might improve on in your marriage. Uh, 900,000 people have taken this, and I know it'll benefit your relationship 
Uh, as I said, that's free, and we'll link over to that and the book and your opportunity to donate to Focus on the Family. All of those details are in the show notes. And uh, please remember to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts and uh, let others know that you find this content helpful. Your feedback really helps us get the word out. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the rest of the team, thanks for joining us today for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.